Adam. Hey. Um, so, uh, you know a little bit about what I'm going to ask you about. Very little. <laughs> what did I tell you? You sent me an uh, emoji of a skull. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what were your first thoughts when uh, I sent you that? Death. I was like, oh, cool, we're talking about death. That sounds like fun. I'm Caroline, and we're here to talk about death, specifically what we do with people's bodies after they die. We wondered if anyone else was thinking about this too. So we uh, called some of our family members. That was actually my older brother, Adam, that you just heard. Um, and one thing we realized is that people don't really talk about death care options outside of maybe a funeral home. Um, and we tend to just accept the mainstream options of burial and cremation. But we were wondering, if we were to question some of these death care traditions, what would we discover? So for this podcast, we talked to family, friends, and even a local funeral director about dead bodies and what we do with them. Right now, when someone dies, their loved ones might feel like they have two main options, burial and cremation. And if they choose burial, they also have to decide if they want the body to be embalmed, meaning filled with preservatives that slow the decaying process. Rewind 60 years. In the U.S. in 1960, nearly everyone who died was buried in the ground. Burial was the most popular choice by far. Cremation rates were just around 3.5%. But today, the cremation rate is over 53%, and it's projected to reach 80% by 2035. This seems like a positive shift since the world is running out of burial space, and embalming fluids and caskets that we're putting in the ground have serious environmental consequences, but cremation really is not a perfect solution. The average cremation uses 28 gallons of fuel for a single body and emits 540 pounds of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, which is about the same as a thousand mile road trip. For many people, the last thing they'll do on this earth is contribute to climate change. That's an enormous bummer. But when we asked some young people what they wanted to happen to their bodies after they die, we found that a lot of people are considering cremation, but there's also this other really common answer. I think I want to be turned into a tree. I know that is like kind of a weird thing, but like the tree will like live forever. That'd be cool. Then I could be a tree. <laughs> Trees are cool. I guess that it would be cool to be a tree because like they live still, but uh, in the Jewish tradition, people use rocks because they never die. So while casket burial with embalming and cremation might be the most well-known and widely practiced, there's obviously a demand for something else. We thought this was interesting, and we wanted to know more about how you would even become a tree. So we met with an expert in green burial. Yeah, so my name is Kaylin Besner. I'm a funeral director at Morissette Funeral and Cremation Service. Kaylin also wanted to become a tree. Her fascination with this idea is one of the things that led her to become a funeral director. Oh, that's so magical. You could, you know, grow a tree and you could hang things in grandma's branches. And like, I, it was just so magical. And every single time I got drunk, I would cry about it. But there was one problem. The whole, you know, becoming a tree from cremated remains, I've learned, isn't possible. Like, it's not scientifically, like, accurate. Because once you're cremated, like, all of your organic material 
is pretty much converted as heat. And like all that's left is, you know, your bone matter and, and everything like that. So that was pretty, was quite a bummer, but <laughs> now I'm still a funeral director, but still interested in like other aspects besides just that. So there's other options. Let's talk about some of those options. First, we have green burial, which means putting a body in the ground without embalming it, placing it in a burlap shroud or a biodegradable casket, and burying it without the typical concrete vault. So basically mimicking nature as closely as possible. There's also alkaline hydrolysis, also known as green or water cremation. This process dissolves the body instead of burning it. Then there's a company called Recompose that's trying to make composting our bodies a reality. And Kaylin is a rep for a company called Promessa, which enables ecological burial with a method called permission, which is kind of like freeze drying. Nothing is added to the body and the only thing removed is water. So your remains end up as this sort of mulch-like material that can be buried and will turn completely into soil within a year. So you're actually nourishing a tree. We asked Kaylin why she thought more people didn't opt for these greener options, especially when the becoming a tree idea is so popular. And one major reason is a lack of awareness. And, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions, and we hear it all the time, even in the funeral home. Like, I didn't realize that not embalming was legal. You know, they all think that, like, it's necessary, and it's, and it's not. In addition to not knowing what options are even available, Family members are often faced with making these stressful decisions during a time of grief. Despite what they believe in, you know, when they get to the funeral home, they're not given their options, which, you know, will just cut it off right there. Or they, like, freak out under pressure and then just go with tradition. Most people have no idea what options exist beyond burial and cremation. Because it's not something we really talk about very often as a society, there's a lot of confusion and misinformation that's preventing people from making decisions that they feel really good about. I asked my brother if he had thought about alternate options. I was always thinking that like, cremation might be the best option, but honestly, I haven't, haven't really thought about it much because it does, hopefully knock on wood, it does seem like it's kind of out in the distance and, uh, you know, several decades away hopefully yeah and for that reason it's like well things probably will change in that time but as you pointed out I guess it hasn't changed much in the last 30 years another barrier to greener death care options is access for example promotion isn't legal in the United States yet the company Promessa is a Swedish company that's only about five years old Kalen and other Promessa reps are working on educating people and talking to elected officials so that permission can become a reality in the U.S. one day. Thanks to the work of Katrina Spade and her company Recompose, Washington State became the first to legalize the composting of human remains in February of this year. So these options may seem strange, but in reality they're as close to natural as we can get. The death industry is a little slow to change, but the rate of cremation that's been rising is really good proof that adoption of new practices does happen. It took 100 years for the cremation rate to reach just 5% and then 50 more to reach more than half. And even embalming is pretty new. It may seem like a tradition rooted in religion or public safety, but it actually originated during the Civil War when families wanted their fallen soldiers back, but without refrigeration, they couldn't get the bodies out of state and far distances um, without using embalming fluid. 
If we want these greener options to exist for us, we have to talk about them, ask for them, and advocate for them. And there are benefits to these methods beyond just being better for the environment. I think one of the biggest things that you might see from it is just like people's like reconnection with death. Like they're, I think they'll just like get closer to the process as a whole. And I don't think that being a part of your funeral service, you know, of like being like a participant is a bad thing. And I think it's going to be really good for grief too, to have people be provided the opportunities that Green Burial can provide for people. In an article for Smithsonian.com, Max Alexander describes the home funeral and cremation of his father-in-law and then the embalming and open casket funeral of his father just a few months later. He described the feeling of having a deep sense of purpose when he was caring for his father-in-law's body at home, and he wrote, It occurred to me that if more Americans spend more time with their dead, at least until the next morning, they would come away with a new respect for life and possibly a larger view of the world. It might not be right for everyone, but for some people, a green burial or a home funeral can be a helpful part of the mourning process. What is the future of death care in the U.S.? I think it's going to branch into two ways. You're going to have the people who do, you know, cast off embalming and, and fully embrace, you know, going back to green burial. But, like, in the society that we have and, like, the capitalistic society that we have and the, in the, you know, other people can do it for me society that we have, you're still going to have the people that just want it done for them. And you, you're still going to have the people that shy away from death and just don't want to deal with it because they also don't have to. Some cremation companies you get your cremated remains mailed to you. Like, you, you literally, the body disappears, and then, you know, a week later, you get their cremated remains mailed to you. You're going to have the people that, you know, continue to just let that be how they handle death, but I think you also, I think with people, you know, talking about it more and having access to, you know, more resources, I think you might also have, you know, more opportunities for us to kind of reclaim are dead. So we've realized the goal is not to try and get anyone to change their minds about what should happen to our bodies after we die, but it's really about giving people options so they can make an informed choice that feels right to them. Kaylin told us she's a proponent of having death education in schools. Talking about grief and the history of how we've handled death and reminding young people that death is a part of life could lead to people feeling less shy about the subject. One way or another, we have to get people more comfortable talking about death care if we care about changing the status quo. To make new processes or even old processes like green burial an option, we have to make people aware that they exist and then take steps to make sure they're legally allowed. Organizations exist like Crossings and National Home Funeral Alliance that are working to make this happen. And there's activists like Caitlin Doty and Recomposes Katrina Spade that have made huge strides in starting conversations about death care. It might not ever be fun to talk about death, but we can be more prepared for it. If you care about what happens to your body for environmental, psychological, or any other reason, you can be more prepared by researching what options are available in your area and adding your decision to your living will, or just making sure a loved one knows your preference. So we want to end this by talking about our own choices for our bodies after we die. Um, 
I personally kind of want to be freeze-dried. Now that I know about Promesa, I'm really into it. Um, I want to be planted somewhere really beautiful where my family and friends could come visit me. I think I want the same. It really sounds like the most natural option. I like the idea of actually turning into soil. But if it's not an option when that time comes, I used to think I wanted to be cremated, but now I think green burial is the way to go. You can just wrap me up in a cloth and put me in the ground. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cultural Standpoints, a podcast produced by the VCU Brand Center Strategy Track. Special thanks to Kaylin Besner and our friends and family who talked about death with us for two months.